we've had different people here at different times and stuff, so um, I'm going to guess just caught up. Um, so uh, just to re sort of remind us, uh, for those of you who've been part of Isaiah, one of the what's the key verse of Isaiah? What's the key verse we always read over and over again? Oh. <laughs> Make these people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. <laughs> Keep on seeing, yep. but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull. Yeah, good, very good. So Isaiah, Isaiah six nine through ten. So that's been our that's sort of like the focus verse of everything going on in Isaiah. But as we talked about, it's a focus verse of actually everything going on in the New Testament. It's probably the focus books. <laughs> one of the focus verses of everything going on today um, which is just as we've studied that it's just seeing that what God's doing there is really calling his people and saying that you have turned away from me you have turned to making idols of whatever that is in the world and when you do it you become like those idols and not only do you become like those idols but you become deaf and blind and dumb to the ways of God even though you profess to know God even though you profess Yahweh you profess Christ you profess whatever so that's that's where this passage is used by Jesus it's used by the Apostle Paul um, it is one of the key verses of just trying to continue to call the people who claim that God this God is their God to return back to that God and in fact if you I think that you were reading that um, go ahead and read 9 through 10. Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Go ahead and read that again. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. <clears throat> Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Yeah, then so I that's good just right there okay. yeah. so you notice I mean it's all very much a judgment it's basically saying this is what you become but there's that hope <laughs> and there's always this hope you know at the end turn and be healed you can return back to God wherever yeah. you are that's the punchline exactly there's healed. just always this hope yeah. and, and even now I see why you told us to memorize the <laughs> first time you said that I said what yeah. Why would we memorize it? I know. Why would we well, memorize something sense. calling that us to be? Sense. Right. Because it's actually, and the irony is God's irony, which is yeah. he's actually saying, be what you already are. But you but. still have the chance of turning and being healed. Yeah. Never um, too late. Is it, is it trying to, like, get their attention? Oh, absolutely. Right. It's a get, trying to get their attention because it's actually a judgment. Yes. So it's actually a judgment on the people saying... I'm making you it's like you're not only just becoming like the idols but there is a sense that God in judgment is actually giving them what they've asked for and now they no longer can hear God or see God but in this that doesn't sound that way right huh? because he's like saying you can't repent but, like I'm not going to tell you because right. you might repent <laughs> but the irony is you see it at the end because he says but turn and be healed so you see that there is that hope. There is that ability to sit there and say, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn. 
God well, always I'm, offers that. Yeah. But doesn't he say, unless they, don't tell them because they might. <laughs> right? Doesn't he say, like, lest they turn and Again, that's the irony of God. <laughs> totally. I, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah, no, it, yeah. yeah. So, what we're doing right now is we are in um, the beginning of the historical situation where this has played out. Okay? In, in, in the life of Israel. And by Israel, as I've said in the last couple of weeks, Israel is a name given to both, to all of God's people, all 12 tribes, okay? But it's also the name, and you'll see even in what we're going to look at tonight, I mean, it's, it's the name also given in specific specificity to the northern kingdom versus the southern kingdom. So when the kingdoms break in two, you have the northern kingdom called Israel and you have the southern kingdom called Judah. And we've been, and we're in the situation right now where those kingdoms are broken in two. And so you have kings of Israel, you have kings of Judah. Kings of Israel, I don't know if you know this, but the kings of Israel can basically be anybody. Okay, there's no genealogy, there's no there's no lines of descent. Yes, it's like whatever. Where in Judah, the only people who can be kings is people in the line of David. Okay. Um, so we've talked a lot about, so we, we showed maps in the past and showed how that's all happening. But the situation we're in right now, and that we're reading in tonight, in 7 and 8, is we have the situation where for up until 800, 750 B.C., it's always we going backwards in time, um, we're in a situation where Assyria is the great kingdom at the time, okay? And they have sort of stalled in their taking over. They've taken over large portions of the whole Middle East and everything. But they've stalled um, in really advancing anymore, advancing towards Israel. And the reason why they did that is because they had a succession and line of kings of Assyria who were just sort of like, mm-hmm, we don't care, we're not going to do anything. And so in that, Israel both northern and southern kingdoms became very sort of lax not really worried about their enemies and they also um, prospered at that time so things were going really well economically and so they felt a level of safety they felt a level of um, prosperity and they did also think that God was the one blessing them with this However, the reality is is that the northern kingdom had long before already been moving off into, you know, worshiping idols and not really following God, although still claiming Yahweh as God. The southern kingdom was a little bit better, but you just had these kings that were just like doing whatever they want to do, and because the kings do whatever they want to do, the people do whatever they want to do. Okay, so even though things appeared very much like things are going well, it was not go. It was it was deceptive in thinking that, yeah, the economy is going good, so that means somehow God's blessing us when, as we learned, it wasn't exactly the case. So, we are, what happened was, then in about 735 A.D., this guy named Tiglar, da 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 blah, blah, um, became king of Assyria. And he was a king that wanted to now go back to what Assyria was going to do, which is just start just taking over the world. Literally, okay? And so he started to threaten um, and say he's going to be coming in and taking over um, the whole area around Israel, Judah, 
Damascus, Syria, all that area is like the Assyrians were now threatening that they were going to start coming down into this area. So we have the situation where all of a sudden everything changes. And now Israel, the northern kingdom, is feeling this heavy threat, okay, as to, you know, Assyria is going to come down. And what we talked about last week was in chapter 7, what ends up happening is you have Israel, and again, northern kingdom. Uh, so Assyria is above. Assyria is starting to threaten they're going to start coming down and take over Israel. So they start coming down to the whole area, okay? So Israel, northern kingdom, they decide to make an alliance with Syria. And we see that actually addressed here in chapter 7. So they form what's called the Ephraim-Syrian Alliance. And that alliance was formed to protect themselves against Assyria. But one of the things that they wanted to do as part of that is Judah's weak at this time, militarily and everything. I mean, we've got ten tribes in Israel, we've got two tribes in Judah. All right, So they plotted and were ready for Israel and Syria to form this alliance to come down and take over Judah. <laughs> so this is God's people fighting God's people. All right. And at this time, um, this is when Isaiah is starting to be written, Uzziah is the king who dies. Ahaz becomes the king. And everything is around what is Ahaz, who's in the line of David. Is he going to follow God? Well, what is he going to do? And that's the situation we're in. Okay. He is faced now with this pretty much completely insurmountable enemy, which is God's own people, <laughs> okay, Israel and Syria. What is Ahaz going to do in that situation? Okay. And what we looked at last week, and so if you want to just turn to chapter 7, and we just sort of review these, it, it sets up the context for what definitely we're going to look at tonight. Um, so what so what ends up happening if you look at chapter 7 page 40 you know sets up the situation in the days of Ahaz the son of Jotham the son of Uzziah king of Judah Rezin who is the king of Syria and Pekah the son of Ramalad which is the king of Israel they came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it okay so they were starting to wage war against Judah against Ahaz and his people and notice what it says but <laughs> most important word in scripture is but <laughs> right? um, but could not yet mount an attack against it mm. alright doesn't really necessarily say why at this point just like they, they, it's like they couldn't yet Okay. so then it says in verse 2 when the house of David which is Judah was told Syria is in league with Ephraim. So Syria and Ephraim, Israel, have conspired to attack Judah. What's the response of the people? All right. I mean, you can think of even coming to times like days. You know, I'm not listening to this audio book right now. It's a fiction book on uh, <coughs> during the whole um, time of England and. and World War Two and all the things you know going on around that, and about these code breakers that would, for um, 
for England, they were trying to break the codes of the Germans and stuff to understand what's happening. And it was, it's fascinating. It's, it's sort of historical fiction. Um, but, you know, you had, you know, at that time, you had all these different alliances trying to be formed. England kept waiting to find out, is America going to join us or not? You know, what are we going to do? So, I mean, these are real situations, you know, like, is, is, you know, is Hitler going to come in and just completely wipe out and take over that entire area? And then what's going to happen? I mean, no one knew at the time, right? No one knew what was going to happen. So you've got, you know, a situation like that here. Um, and listen to what the response is. All right, so here's Ahaz, and the response in verse 2 is sort of key because it says, The heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. In other words, they were scared to death. They were just freaked out, and rightly so. In a sense, you know, you think these forces are coming against us. We know they're going to attack us. Yeah, what are we going to do? Exactly. What are we going to do? So, so Isaiah comes along. This is so. This is where Isaiah really starts. You know, the rubber beats the road. This is when Isaiah is going to now go to um, go to Ahaz and say, "This is how you should respond." Okay, because Isaiah is speaking the what? Word of God. The word of God. Exactly. Okay. So notice what what it says in verse three. All right, it says, And the Lord says to Isaiah, Go and meet Ahaz, you, and Sherjashep, your son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to Washer's field. And say to him, Here's your response, Ahaz. Be careful. Be quiet. Do not fear. Do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands at the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Ramila, Ramalia. Because Syria and Ephraim and the son of Ramalia has devised evil against you, saying, Let us go against Judah and terrify it. Let us conquer it for ourselves and set up the son of Tabel to be the king in the midst of it. Thus says the Lord, so here is the command that God is telling through Isaiah, how Ahaz and the people should respond. It will not stand, it being this alliance between Israel and Syria. It will not stand, it shall not come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, the head of Damascus is Rezin, and within 65 years, very specific now, so here you got a prophecy, okay? Isaiah is saying within 65 years, Ephraim, northern Israel, will be shattered from being a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Ramallah. And, and then he, he says, if you are not firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. Okay? So again, we have to sort of put ourselves in Ahaz's situation with the people. It's like, you know, I, I'm reading my book, I was listening to this audio book, it's like, you know, here comes all these planes and they're just bombing London. Okay? I mean, what's going to happen? How do we respond? Right? <laughs> and what, what did England do? They tried to make alliances. They went to the United States. Bring in the know? Yanks. Yeah, exactly. Let's make these alliances. You see the same type of thing here. But in this situation, Ahaz is being told, 
don't do anything, but do what? What do you need to do? Be firm. Don't do what? Don't do anything, but do what? Be, be firm. Be firm. Be firm, be firm in your right. Faith. Exactly. Be firm in your faith. And yeah. be quiet. Don't yeah. So what we looked at last week, for those of you guys who were here and not here last week, it might cause you a little bit of pause because when you look at verse 3, why does Ahaz take his son? Okay? And what we find out is we are going to see three sons that become, in essence, like a metaphor for what, how, for how Ahaz should respond or not respond. And these children are given names that don't mean what the children are. They're names to represent the situation. These are Isaiah's kids. Well, what we do know is we're pretty sure the first child, well, we know this is Isaiah's, it says it. We think the third is, it's the second one that has controversy. But depending on what I'm reading verse 8, I almost sort of tend to think all three were his kids. But what's happening is he's using the kids as a parable. He's using the kids' names as a parable to try to communicate to Ahaz, this is what's going to happen. Do not fear, put your faith. And so what Sher Jashub means is that means actually... Um, a remnant will return. Thank you. A remnant re- will return. Okay. So. And notice how he words that. Yeah. You and Shir Jashub, your son. Yeah. Your son. Well, Who's it's Isaiah? your. Who's Isaiah in this whole thing? Ahaz and your son. Well, this is a, I. The Lord said to Isaiah, go out to me to his, you and your son, yes, Isaiah's son. speaking to Isaiah. Right. 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 Your son. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah. you've you, you gone deeper into that hole? Well, we did last week. So we went. Yeah, we did. That's what we did all last week. Okay. okay. So last week, and I'm going to sort of summarize so we sort of move on. So what we did last week is we looked at those sons' names. The first son's name is a remnant which shall return. The second son, which you will see, so I'm not going to go read through. The second son is... Um, nope, not that one. <laughs> Emmanuel. That. No, sorry, Emmanuel. <laughs> right. So verse 10. Oh, yeah, I. good. The, so the second son, well, do you remember what the third son's name is? Me? Yeah, do you remember what that means? Yeah, yeah it means the spoil speeds the prey hastens. Right, okay. What? So, so it basically is it's it's sort of a prophecy to say that someone is going to come in. So the third son's name is saying that the spoil, meaning the a country like Assyria, is going to come in and take all the spoil away. Take basically takes that's what they do. That's what the countries do. They go and they take over a country in those days. And why do they take it over? They take it over for all the resources. resources. And that's a spoil, okay? So through the third son's name is that the judgment that's going to be come upon Ahaz, if he doesn't listen to God, that judgment is going to be is going to be Assyria is going to ultimately come in and take away the spoil. Take just come in and 
pillage everything. All right. Because A has a chance to A has has a chance to respond here. The second, so one hand he's saying there's going to be a remnant. We're not exactly necessarily sure who that remnant is or what he means. The third sign is sort of the end game, which is Ahaz, you're not listening. So ultimately Assyria is going to come in and take you over. The second son's name is what's interesting. Because the second son's name is usually all quoted all the time. We listened last week to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And that song... We mostly think when we read in Matthew, you know, unto us a child is born, and what's and we his name is Jesus who saves. But then Jesus is given another name, Emmanuel, and we mostly think, and I did too, <laughs> that when we read that, Emmanuel, and it says it in in Isaiah, he's quoting Isaiah directly. Emmanuel means God with us, and we think, yay, Jesus is coming. God with us. Okay? And we sing that at Christmas. The problem is that is not what math why Matthew is quoting Isaiah. Why do you think Jesus, who is given the name already, he already has a name. Jesus is going to save. Salvation. Yahweh saves. Okay, that's what Jesus' name means. So here's Jesus who comes to save, but Matthew makes a point that Jesus is also God with us. And we think, oh, that's cool. But we went, what we did last week was we went back and we looked and the situation here, and again, I'm not going to go through it right now, last week. the situation here is that the term Emmanuel and God with us is the second son. And the second son, everything about that is judgment. What it's saying is that because Ahaz, you're not going to listen, all right? God is coming, but it's not this like, yay, God's with us. It's like God's coming in judgment. He's coming to judge because you have fulfilled Isaiah 9, I mean Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. You are not listening to God because what does Ahaz do? That son gets named Emmanuel and says, God's going to bring this judgment. It's all judgment. When you read this that passage, you go back and look at it. Why? Because Ahaz's response is not one of faith. Ahaz's response is going to be, "Oh my gosh, Israel!" And just just think from it. You've got this huge Assyrian kingdom with this king who's now his whole point is, "I'm going to come and take over everything." Right? What does Ahaz do? Anybody know what Ahaz does? He makes a league with. With who? Yeah, with with Assyria. So you've got Israel and Assyria and Syria, not Assyria. They form this coalition to come against Judah. Ahaz, scared of his boots, told, "Just stop and hold off because if you don't do anything, God's going to just take care of all of this." Ahaz, an unbelief, says. I'm scared to death. My people are scared to death. I'm going to go to Ahaz and make a deal with him. And take him all of the stuff out of the Lord's house. Yep. All of the goods out of the Lord's house. To do Takes it. the spoil. <laughs> There's the irony here, right? Takes the spoil out of God's own house and gives it to Assyria to make a deal. 
as someone has said, this is like two mice, okay? And one mouse, okay, one mouse in this situation is, is Israel and, and Syria. The other mouse is Judah. So one mouse goes to the cat and says, hey, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of this and stuff. Don't, don't, you protect me, right? What's that cat going to do with mice? <laughs> of course. He's going to eat the both mice. Maybe he'll eat the other mouse first, yeah. but he's going to get both mice, right? Yeah. That's what happens to Ahaz. He actually goes and starts worshiping and puts an altar in the Assyrian god's sanctuary and worships it. That's when God gets pissed off. That's when God is with us. That's when Emmanuel comes. That's judgment. <laughs> it is not a happy thing. What you see in Matthew, we talked about last week, is Matthew actually sets this whole thing up. Matthew does the same thing and says, those who are in, who put their faith in Christ will be saved from their sins. But those who mostly are in leadership, like the Pharisees, Matthew 23, 24, those who do not and respond in unbelief will curse, bring curses and judgment. And we saw in Matthew 24 that the actual ultimate judgment that becomes upon the nation of Israel because they did not believe in Jesus is the temple is destroyed in 70 AD. All right. Yeah. This is just a small point, but I was just teaching off of that verse about casting your pearls before the swine. Yeah. Yeah. And some people would say this is what it's referring to. Yeah. It's allegiance with foreigners. And even like you're saying, the pearls would be like giving the treasure, and they're saying they'll tear, tear you apart. Right. Right. Exactly. And so these are the three names given. Okay. And so, and ultimately, what happens is the three names we talked about last week also represents um, smaller periods of time. So it's like the first name to the second name to the third name. Because what's happening is Ahaz is not responding in faith, and so judgment is coming down. And the irony is that the people did nothing and they placed their faith in God. And it, it says right here, and this is what happened. The reality is the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled. Within 65 years, Israel, Northern Kingdom, Syria, gone. Wiped out by Assyria. Okay. But they did not respond in faith. And so what ends up happening? <sighs> Goodbye, Judah. Okay. And that's what we're seeing play out right here. Okay, is this whole sequence of things that are happening. So we're actually in the middle of that being played out. Okay, make sense? Yeah. And then, so when Judah ends up being taken captive, mm-hmm. is that when Babylon takes over? Assyria? Well, first of all, Assyria. First of all, Assyria takes over. That's the first sort of almost like an exodus. Okay. The second one is when, so Assyria, you know, you look at these kingdoms, you know, you think about today again, how fast kingdoms rise and fall. I mean, boom. So what ends up happening is ultimately Assyria, and we'll see that later in Isaiah. So Isaiah covers the Assyrian invasion, which is what we're dealing with right now, and then later on it's going to deal with the Babylonian invasion, which is in the Babylonian invasion under Hezekiah is when they are actually taken in exile to Babylon. Well, under, under Hezekiah is when the when the uh, Assyrian army was demolished, right? Yeah. Because he prayed and the angel of the Lord wiped out 150,000 
doubt <laughs> and in his lifetime he was promised peace um, but after him yeah right isn't he also the one that invited them in to look at? Yeah, he invited <laughs> the Babylonians to look at all the treasure. And he's like, yeah. You yeah. Stuff. yeah. Again, it's like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so, Greg, you made a point last yeah. week. I don't know if we're going to go over it again, mm-hmm. but the point about how um, Ahaz feigned piety. Oh yeah. When right. um, when Isaiah said from the Lord, you. Ahaz, he can ask for any sign he wants. Yeah, yeah. This is good, you guys. This is good. Listen to this. That this is super important. So go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So Ahaz, Isaiah said to Ahaz, from God, you can ask for any sign you want. Anything. Which is really, you can ask anything. You can ask for, you know, (laughs) the stars to be shifted or whatever. Um, And then Ahaz refused the offer by saying, I won't put the Lord to the test. But yeah, um, you use the word which is feigned piety. Is, yeah. He was faking like he was like, oh, I'm not going to put the Lord, you know. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like it's not like when Jesus to. told Satan, don't, don't, you know, don't test, don't put the Lord to the test on his second yeah, temptation no. on the top of the temple, right? It's not the same thing. Because it, God because actually God, told. Yeah, God said, ask, ask me for me. anything. Right. And I'll do it. And, and, and Ahaz was like, nah. So you're saying like he's being arrogant? Like, yes. I'm not going to look at me. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he had already negotiated yeah. the deal. Very yeah. good. Why did he yeah. do that? I don't want he already that. knew he what he wanted. He already knew what he was doing. We he didn't it. really need God, oh, right. Yahweh. Because he, he wants had, to rely like, on other like stuff. Thing. Is, is that why? Yeah. Right. He's already, I, I, you're right, Ahaz has already figured out what he's going to do. He Ahaz has the solution. I don't want to hear from God. And you think about how many times do we maybe want to do that? Arrogant Yeah, I'm going to go do this. I already figured it out. I don't need to pray to God for it. Well, not just that. He's he's like literally like trying to just, uh, uh, you know, it's like when your dad walks in the room and you're smoking pot. And you're like, and what are you doing? <laughs> oh, nothing. Nothing, nothing. Now, what's that smoke in the room? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's not mine. You know, he's just he's trying to like just uh, no, 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 I don't want to trouble you with that. Yeah, just Good to, to divert attention. Just like when God, of course, already knows. You just told him just before that if you're not firm in your faith, you won't be firm at all. You're a wet noodle, may has. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But and you got I mean, if you guys could imagine the. I mean, there's not. We were talking about last week. There's very few times in yeah, scripture you like, see God like literally giving blanket statement but, to but, someone. Ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you, so you know I am your Lord. To so prove to you that what that what he's saying is true. Right. Yes, so he's like, this is the message, and God's willing to validate it any, any way you would ask. Right. And, the and so, you'll be okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So what you have playing out here is Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. That Ahaz becomes so blind that he does not want to hear what God has to say. Usually have any chance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it wouldn't have mattered if God showed up right. anyway. The other thing that I'm glad you remember that thing. In yeah. in going through this, it's really digging into it. Well, God's playing with immediate language and eternal language and language for 500 years down right. the road and so on and yeah. so forth. Here, okay. So what He's also doing is being prophetic about Christ. Because first of all, to, to that, what is as deep as Sheol and as high as heaven? 
what is this? And he doesn't say, I'll just do it. He said, I'll provide, I'll give you a sign. Right? Then he leads into what the sign is going to be. Okay? Which is, in fact, as deep as you all know, as high as him. Which is? Which is Christ. Uh, right. Well, yeah. So, right, in, right. up above there, in number three, so we were talking about Shir Jasha, um, a remnant will return. And then he says, your son, he's talking about Isaiah's son, right. nonetheless. Right. Okay? He's his mouthpiece. He is the prophet. Of, he's God's voice on earth. At the end of the conduit of the upper pool. Now, upper pool is also, the, a word for upper pool is Shiloh. Shiloh is the fountain of David, the yep. king's pool. Okay? Mm-hmm. The upper pool. Mm-hmm. All right? On the highway to the washer's field. Okay? So, why did Christ the whole blind man deal again? Okay? He had him go wash in a specific pool that meant scent. Okay? So all these things, this, this, yeah, this, well it's, this it's going to be fulfilled by the pool Christ. of David, but right. he's just lacing everything with this language. And then when Christ goes and does these things that are very specific, there's no way a Jew that knew this, that read this, that studied this, would not get it. Unless, of course... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, because I, I mean, but see, this is why Jesus was so adamant about saying, "You, I know you don't know." Why did Isaiah? Why did Jesus you, quote Isaiah six nineteen ten? That's because right. you people are ones that's who are literally your your father is not my father. That's right. right. You could say it definitively because yeah. if you were if you were, you'd know who I was. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good, Jason. Okay, so that has that brings us up um, to where we're going to look at tonight. Because just as a little teaser, since Jason started talking about um, Jesus there, next week we will hit on chapter 9, which should be very familiar to everybody. This starts out, um, which is around, well, it's around where you get the whole thing about for unto us a child, you know, for unto us a child is born, okay? And we're going to see some direct things that are going to go right to Christ, too, okay? Which is almost like the fourth child in the situation. All right, and what that will bring. So, all right. So tonight, and I guess so, as we're thinking this and hearing this, and as we look at the passage tonight, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. These are things that have been repeated, and I would say that's why I was excited about going through Isaiah because they are things that are still applicable today. I mean, we're learning from God's word the way God worked back then. Okay, there's differences how God works, but the messages are very, very similar. Okay, we are still living under the fact of are we ones who hear and see? Okay, are we idolizing the world? Are we becoming like the things we idolize? Yes. Where's our focus? I mean, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that's what's so awesome about Isaiah. I think to me is like, wow. I mean, these these things in history are things that are not just like, well, don't let's not repeat history. I mean, these things are ways in which God works and will and continues to work. Obviously, the big difference we always have to keep in mind is that with Christ, things did change. <laughs> okay. But still, even in that change, God is still God. And he works with his people in similar ways, as we see. Okay. So, where we're at now is chapter 8. And what we're going to look at tonight 
is specifically And you won't even need your step because what we're going to do step. We're going to look at we're going to look at basically um, Isaiah. Okay, come on, I'm trying to find my Isaiah eight. eight. Thank you. I know, I'm trying to find it here. Isaiah eight nine. All right. And you notice at the top of chapter eight it says the coming Assyrian invasion. All right. And you'll notice too that right before we look at chapter eight here, you notice how it ends. Well, in fact, let me just read. Um, this so the third son's name about the about the pillage the spoil is going to happen in verse eight because that's what's going to happen now and, and the Lord says take a large tablet in verse eight chapter I mean verse one chapter eight take a large tablet and write on common characters belonging to Mahalshalah which means about the spoil and I will get a reliable witness Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son to test for me. And I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son, which is that son's name. Then the Lord said to me, Call his name. And for before the boy knows how to cry, my father. So there, here's the time. The time frame is getting going from here, three years, to about here, maybe one and a half years, to how long does it take for a boy to cry, my father? Not very long. <laughs> you think about it, anybody has a son or a daughter? How long did it take for them to start saying? Eight months. Eight, eight months. months. Okay. So there you go. Eight months. All right. Per <laughs> per Chris, eight months is what yeah. we're talking about now. All is right. Is the word here Abba in Hebrew or not for my father? I don't know. It's a good a question, but I don't <laughs> think when we say <laughs> the true. Lord's prayer. But good question, but I don't think it is. Um, well, in fact, it wouldn't be because oh, no, that, that's Aramaic, the word right. Ab, right and Abba, and also that's that's not what they ever would call God, Abba, Father, because it's a, of the family. So anyway, so it says, how long will it take for them to cry, my father, my mother? The wealth in that time period, eight months now, okay. The wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away by the king of Assyria. So now we're within less than a year where all this is going to take place. So the Lord spoke to me again, because this people has refused the waters of Shiloh that flow gently in Shiloh and rejoice over resin in the center of Melia. Therefore, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them the waters of the river, mighty and many, the king of Assyria in all its glory. So Ahaz is not listening. And now what's happening because he has not listened, the final judgment is going to be Assyria is going to come and take them over. And it will rise over all its channels and go over all its banks. It will sweep on into Judah. That's Assyria. Sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even the, to the neck. Its outspread wings will fill the breath of your land. O oh, Emmanuel, God with us. Not a happy thing. <laughs> okay? Also, Emmanuel also means the true owner of the land. So, the breath of your land, O yeah. Emmanuel. Okay, so God's now with us. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to pick up. Can I ask we'll, you a question? Yes. Uh, also in 7 2, the, the, the small T for thee, and then Where's river seven? is the capital river. 
It says that it's oh, wow. at least twice, if not more. Where are you um, looking at? In mine, in capital. right there. What is flowing over everything? The river. Oh, in mine, it might it might be capital because it might be the Euphrates. It says in, my, in mine, it says okay. the Euphrates. Oh. The, the Euphrates. Euphrates. Okay. Like and the other one, it sounds like it's the Nile, based on where he's talking about Egypt. And yeah. so, it's it's interesting. Though. Good so question. I don't know the answer. That'd be something for you guys to look at. But just to remind you. <coughs> the capitalization the capitalization of river is not it's not in the text alright you got to remember that this is written in the Hebrew there's no such thing as capitalizations in Hebrew okay. what, what would be the, the, the interpreters who are writing this are are capitalizing river for whatever reason you'd have to go look I don't actually know the answer to that but it's, it's the people who are reading that Hebrew, looking and saying river and making a capital out of it. And that's a choice because mm. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it's reference now. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, reference. It's it's reference this, is this isn't along those same lines, but I'm like, <coughs> is this prophetess? Do we know? It's, it's got to be his wife. It, it, it might be his wife. It yeah. might be. Yeah. It's got to be his wife. Yeah. 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 It's like. And I have a ten. I have a tendency to think that. Was she prophesier? Is that somehow like her? No, that's her title. Right. She's a prophetess. That's. Is that right? Yeah. We don't. Yeah. It's I don't know why I was looking at this before, but I was because I was like, yeah, but you know a little bit about it. Yeah. You see that a lot in, in, in some of the New Testament uh, prophets. <coughs> it was even wives and their daughters uh-huh. who mm-hmm. would carry on. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, prophesied. Yeah. So yeah. Because uh-huh. she, she conceived and bore a son for Isaiah, not a, right. a, a, a random boy, right? His son. Yeah. It's his son. But right. I'm just saying, I, it sounds like a scandal. I know, a, a, a pastor and a son. I was just Me thinking too. the same thing. But you know, <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that, too. You know, that a lot sure. of pastors, like they would say, Chuck's this wife yeah. was a better pastor than he was. Yeah. Right. Well, I've seen <laughs> the mantle. Yeah. I, I have seen over and over again that many times, if you look at um, Joel Olstein, Joel Olstein is, and I'm just dead serious, he is who he is for one reason only his mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. He could never speak, he mm-hmm. never, he was the opposite of his father. He was like, there's no way. He was a cameraman. Yeah. For his this, dad. Yeah. This guy, it's his wife who took him and made him who he is today. When you see him speak, it, it, there is a yeah. woman behind it, truly, who has made him who he is. Today. So, yeah. She was his motivator. Yeah. yeah. And trainer. I mean, and she trained him, she grooms him, she's the one who controls the speeches. She's. Yeah. She do his hair? I looked at the river in King yeah. James version. Okay. It's not capital. It's not capital. And I, I, I would guess, I would guess, we're talking about 
a major river, yeah. like one of the major, like Euphrates or big river. In both cases, in my the Euphrates. The Euphrates. It still represents the Syrian Yeah. Well, that's what a metaphor. Oh, I don't know. Right. But in both cases, where it is capitalized, and usually I guess on it, seems to be pretty good. I mean, God is using it as a. He's manipulating his problem. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> I hate to like, it's sort of fun when we don't have a lot of people here and we have more people. It's like good to get caught up. But it's also good for me to keep saying it over and over again, persevering over again. Yeah. So, we are going to um, look at Isaiah 8, 9 through 22. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give this to you because I have it up here on the board. This is a different version, so you might as well just even close the book that you have right now. Um, just in case you can't see what I'm showing you up on the board, and you can't read my handwriting. All right, so if you guys were asked the question, I'm asking you the question, um, how would you define what a remnant is? So when Scripture talks about a remnant, when you think of a remnant, what do you think about? How do you? I would say like a third. So it could be that. So a third of what? The, I'd say the population. Okay. All right. So it's a it's a it's a portion of a population. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. It's like yeah. left, right? It's like La- okay. So there's like another thought left. Yeah. It's the the sense of. This is what's left after some sort of something yeah. happens. Yeah. Great. Okay. Anybody else? When you think of when you hear the word um, in the biblical context, yeah. the remnant is usually it's usually a positive connotation for the remnant, like the, like faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So for the faithful. All right. Okay. Good. All right. So. Let's just read this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this read this in here. So do we just get the whole context here? And now I'm gonna show you what we're gonna do here. Okay. So this is um, Isaiah starting verse nine. It says, "Band together, peoples, and be broken. Pay attention, all you distinct lands. Prepare for war, and be broken. Prepare for war, and be broken." So again, this is now the judgment of Assyria coming unto Judah. All right, devise a plan; it will fail. So this is this is Isaiah talking to Ahaz and Tyre people. Make a prediction; it will not happen, for God is with us. Ooh, there it is again. Okay, for this is what the Lord said to me with great power. To keep me from going the way of this people. So this is Isaiah saying, For this is what the Lord said to me with great power, to keep me from going the way of this people. Who is this people? His people. Yeah, exactly. Which is specifically who here? Judah. Judah. Right. Very good. Okay. Do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. You are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. He will be a sanctuary. But for the two houses of Israel, who are the two houses of Israel? 
Judah and the north, and, and southern kingdom. Right. Got that. Okay. So see how here you see it. Israel is being referred to as the two, Israel and Judah. As you read that, and you see how it gets changed. You have to always have to keep in mind. So, but for the two houses of Israel, which is again all twelve tribes, he will be a stone to stumble over, and a rock to trip over, and a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over these. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up the testimony. Seal up the instruction among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will wait for him. Here I am with the children of the Lord. He has given me a signs and wonders. Right there, I would say that's specifically referring to the three kids we just talked about. Okay? So that's why I would tend to think that these are Isaiah's kids. All right? Um, Here I am with the children the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells in Mount Zion. When they say to you, inquire of mediums and spiritists who chirp and mutter, shouldn't a people inquire of the Lord? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Go to God's instruction and testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. In other words, we all just watched a beautiful sunset. No more sunrises. <laughs> okay? They will wander through the land, dejected and hungry. When they are famished, they will become enraged, and looking upward will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress, darkness, and the gloom of affliction, and they will be driven into thick darkness. Sounds like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) The one ring that rules them all. So, all right. So, I want to start walking through this. All right. And when we start at the top here, all right. So, he starts out by saying, band together peoples. So my question is, who is peoples? Who's it referring to there? Enemies of Judah. Okay. All right, that's great. Like, so like Israel and Syria. Okay, very good. So it's referring to not, so that it's referring to not just Judah, it's referring to all the enemies at large. How do you know that? What else do you see? Is there anything else you can tell that? So who do we think people refers to in this passage? Well, the opposite of who God is with, right? God is with us, probably in contrast to these people banding together. Right? Okay. So they're devising... And where are these fail. people? All distant lands. In distant lands, right? So here, who are these people? This would be really everybody... Who's <laughs> formed an alliance. Yeah, and it's everybody, other than, we're not talking really, we could be talking about Israel, but we're talking everybody other than Judah, we're talking about sort of the international level, okay? So this is sort of like everybody else, so you just sort of think this is, I mean, in fact, I'll just say sort of international. All right. Okay, so here we have that. All right. Um So if that's who these are, who are these right here? So who is who is Isaiah? 
Isaiah here is talking to all the other countries, the distant lands. Who is he talking to here? Hmm? Anybody, any thoughts there? Who's he talking to? Devise a plan. It will fail. Make a prediction. It will not happen, for God is with us. So who's he speaking to there? The ones in the Jews. Faith. Yeah, the Jews, but specifically, which, which section is he speaking to? Who's Israel. Is that okay. country? Or you? Israel, but... More specifically, who is he the, speaking to? The who remnant that's supposed to be faithful. Is it Judah? Okay, Judah. Right. Okay. So here he's now speaking to Ahaz and the people of Judah. That's who this is all being directed at. All right. So <laughs> what was Ahaz doing? Devising a plan. <laughs> right. Instead of being quiet or whatever. Exactly. Ahaz, yeah. Ahaz was devising a plan. And here now comes... Um, and, and by the way, Ahaz is implementing that plan. He's devised. He's already told God, who said, ask anything. I don't need you, God. All right? And why did he say that? Because ultimately he's there and because he has his plan, not God's plan, right? So devise a plan. It will fail. Make a prediction. It will not happen, for God is with us. So this would be Judah. Would that be, would that be false prophets that predict, you know, Making predictions like God's going, we're going to prosper. Well, yeah, Could be, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Okay. So, so who now? So who is the next line? Isaiah. Yeah, it's Isaiah. Very good. Okay. But this is what the Lord said to me. me. All right. So, um, all right. So this is Isaiah now. Okay. Lord said to me with great power, and to why does God say this to Isaiah? Because what? Keep him faithful. He wants to keep him faithful. And yep. to keep him faithful, he's telling him to what? Keep him going the way of his people. Are. Yeah. So right. And who are the people? Judah. People are Judah. Judah. All right. What do you think it means with great power? It says the dear, the strong hand upon. Yeah. The very very good. In fact, that's is a, that's the translation better. There is a strong hand of the Lord. So it's the power. This is the power of the Lord of Armies. Okay. <laughs> Conviction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's just the power of God. Okay. Yeah, there's there's there. no doubting it. It was. You're not sure if it could have been stronger than his vision of being in the temple. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> sort of Which it probably it probably comes from the temple. I mean, this is yeah, this yeah, is yeah. probably that was with great power. Yeah. Exactly. Isaiah there to keep him from going along with his people. Is well, Isaiah what? Is, it, is God saying this to Isaiah to keep himself from going the same way as the people and falling in line? Well, um, yeah, yeah, in essence, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like. All right. Which, you know, you can imagine the prophets in the midst of all this, right? Oh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a man of unclean lips that dwells, dwells among the people one time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. very good. Okay. Say that again. 
Is that he's a man of unclean lips who dwells among a people of unclean lips. Yeah. All right. <coughs> okay, so then, then we come down to this. All right. So this is what Isaiah is now saying. This is saying to the people, do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. So who again is the people here? Judah. That's Judah. Judah. All right. So what is being said then? They're going to come down against us and prevail. What is the conspiracy? You're right. That's the conspiracy. That is the conspiracy. Yeah, like God's not going to protect them. They're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So the conspiracy is... You've got, first of all, Syria has conspired. Conspiracy actually means what it means today. Okay. Um, Syria has conspired with um, Israel. Okay. So that's one of the conspiracies happening. Uh, What's the other conspiracy? The other conspiracy is what's going to happen with the Syrian Ahabs, with Judah. All right. So... God is saying, do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be terrified. Okay. Okay, then, all right, so, okay, so this is, again, this is directed to Judah, right? So these are, this is the people of Judah, all right. You are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. He will be a sanctuary. Okay. So who is who is this directed to? Judah again, right? Isaiah's the one that's saying this. Yeah. Could it be like God said, told that to Isaiah? I God told like no, well, God told Isaiah to say this. So the question is, so if he's speaking who, to Isaiah, and but Isaiah is to tell this to Ahaz and the people of Judah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So in other words, don't don't fear uh, Israel and Assyria. Fear God. Okay. All right. Okay, so let's just hang there for a minute. Let's keep going. So, but... Sorry, am I missing something? Where is he talking right now? It's just so I can, like, visualize this. Where is he talking? The yeah, question. I mean, you're saying, like, he's, he's directed it so to Judah here. I'm trying to, like... So, Judah... Is, I mean, sorry. Isaiah. Isaiah <laughs> we don't know where Isaiah... Okay. Well, we don't know. We don't know where he's speaking this. That's what exactly the time he's speaking this. We don't know. We don't really know that. Okay. What we do know is what we're going to read here in a few minutes is that God has given this for him to speak. So he maybe have been proclaiming this to multiple places, multiple exactly people, all that. Okay. Exactly. That's what I'm wondering. I'm, I'm like, it seems like he's like on a big platform, but those people here, these people here, and he's like, and he's looking. This is directed to you. It's like very good. And like I would say, take it that way. Take it almost like yeah. take it like. Who do we say that Isaiah's her ultimate sort of reason? Jesus, right? He's an itinerant preacher, itinerant prophet, going around proclaiming this to the people. But it is within a certain window. Mount Zion, 
down below. Uh huh. Okay. So he could be there. Yeah, well, he could be. But well, Mount Zion is really. Well, I, just, I just find it interesting, like if he's speaking, in a sense, like in eleven to Judah, right, or or to ten, sorry, to Ahaz, right. To buy a plan, it will fail. Yeah. And then next might not be relevant, or not might not even be relevant to those people, right? So it's like it's kind of like it's like he's. It's almost like you saying each thing to like a different group, and it's just what it seems yeah. like. Yeah. You know? So I want you to. So I want you to, to do great question, Chris. That's probably the question to ask. So I want you to picture Isaiah is doing this right now. He's going around the of beach, okay, <laughs> and he is proclaiming this. All right. So my question is, who is he proclaiming this to? Who is he going out to saying this to? What he's saying. It? He's speaking to all the people in Laguna Beach. All right? Yeah. Okay. So what's he telling these people in Laguna Beach <laughs> that they need to do? Regard only the Lord. Yeah. Regard only the Lord as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. He will be your sanctuary. All right. And he is the Lord of the armies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. He only allows. So I'm, I, you know, I'm up here and I'm preaching this all to you. This is a whole variety group of crowd. crowd, crowd. This is in Judah. Right. All right. Okay. This is what the Lord is telling them to do. Right. This is it. But continue to read because this will make a little more sense right. as we go through. But, <coughs> but there's a but again. This is what he's saying to do, okay? But for the two houses of Israel, he, meaning God, will be a stone to stumble over and a rack to trip over and a trap and a snare in to the inhabitants. Jerusalem. Many will stumble of these and they will fall and be broken, they will be snared and captured. Who's he referring to here? Who's he he's speaking oh, to? Well, well, so who are these people? Well, Israel Judah and Judah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so Judah. It's actually still Judah because where is he preaching this? He's only going to beach. Where is he preaching this? Judah. Okay. Alright. I mean, this is where he's doing his message. So here he's preaching to Judah again. Alright. Find up the testimony now, when you listen to this part, who is he speaking to here? So, hold on, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point, but the two houses of Israel, he will be a stone to stumble over, okay? Now he's moving into what I would call prophecy of the future as well. Well, I don't want you... Yeah, so I want, I want to have you hold for a second. Because what I don't want to do right now is talk about the future prophecy. I want... It, it is. It is both. But just for we first of all get the context of who he's speaking to, okay? okay. Be- right. Because we're going to see how I'm, I'm not. I'm, you're right in going where you're going, but just hold on because I want to get the idea. Because he's speaking. You got to always remember. You've got to read this first of all in the context of the time it's being said, for you to even know you can understand of what it means today. All right. So you've got to get the time and understand the real situation this is being preached into to try to then figure out, okay, well, what does that mean in Jesus' time? What does that mean in our time? So that's why I'm just sort of saying, hold off, let's get it at least in this time. 
Okay, because the people back then were not going, oh, this refers to Jesus. <laughs> they would never know. <laughs> Again, why we have... Why? We have without excuse. <laughs> well, that, but also it's very much... makes reading it way more fascinating because yeah. we do have that, that luxury. Right. It's not by mistake. Yeah. Okay, so continuing on. So who's he tying to now? Bind up the testimony. I'll just move you through because I want to get through here. Bind up the testimony... Sealed up the instruction among my disciples. I will, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. From the house of who? Jacob? Who's Jacob? Judah. Okay. I will wait for him. Here I am with the children of the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells on Mount Zion. Who is being spoken? Who, who is this? This is, I mean, who's this? Who, who is being addressed here? The Lord. Well, no, but I mean, who, who, who's he talking to? Yeah, who's who's got who's in essence this, who is this directed to? All the lost tribes. Well, no, who's he talking to? Read. He's talking to the children. He's talking. What'd you say? The remnant. Well, no, just just look at my disciples. Okay, so look at what says there. My disciples. So those who follow him. Who is he telling this to? This is this is now. This is Isaiah. I can't. I S A I A H and his disciples. All right. You see what it says, right? The command is Isaiah is being told by God, bind up the testimony. What's being said here is take this prophecy, which the God has given you, write it down, bind it up. We have it today because Isaiah did this. <laughs> okay? And the disciples are to take this prophecy and hold on to it because that's what ultimately we know God fulfilled this prophecy because we have it written down. Okay? And that's what God's telling him to do is to write it down here. Okay. So, does everyone follow me so far? Does that make it the same up in that where he starts prophesying here to regard only the Lord of armies? It's probably to those who... <laughs> Probably those who are listening to him. Yeah. There's yeah. probably not many listening at that point. Okay, right? so you're picking up. You're good. This is good. Let's keep going. Continues. When they say to you, inquire of, inquire of the mediums and the spiritists who chirp and mutter, shouldn't a people inquire of their God? This sort of reminds me again what we talked about. What do they have to do? Yeah. <laughs> All right? Should the... Should the I can't read. Should they inquire of the dead in behalf on behalf of the living? Go to God's instruction and testimony. If they cannot speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. So who? Yeah, fear the judgment. So who are these people again? These are this is who. Israel and Judah. Yeah, Judah. Okay, I'm going to say Judah here because really this is not smoke spoken of so much of. Israel, as it's I this is so, to Ahaz and Judah. Yeah, exactly. And then now it's Judah's turn. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, Israel's already like lost yeah. the game. Okay. Yeah. Then we continue. They will wander through the land, dejected and hungry. When they are famished, they will become enraged and look upward. They will curse their king and their God. 
They will look toward the earth and see only distress, darkness, and the gloom of affliction, and they will see mm-hmm. they will be driving into thick dark darkness. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like outer darkness. It is probably outer darkness. Outer darkness. Might say that in your scripture. So, who is this referring to again? Judah. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Crazy to visualize God's judgment. Okay. See, so, so, yeah. Okay, hang on there. Okay. So, now, I'm going to show you guys something. Isaiah structured this. This is structured in a way to make a point. Okay? All of you guys, if you remember, we haven't done this for a long time. Many times God's word is written to make a point. Okay? We would just read this all the way through and go, what's the point? Okay? So, when we are, when I say that, what word do you guys think of? Chiasm. Chiasm. Very, very, very good, Steve. Okay, anybody remember how a chiasm works? Come on, Steve. Anybody remember how it works? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sort of. Okay. The top. Yeah. The bottom. The middle. Okay. You want me to draw? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. So, I want to watch, I want you to watch what happens. Okay, so we're going to take this. All right, so when you create a chiasm, okay, really, it's created this way because this is how people get across their messages in the Old Testament a lot. When you have a chiasm, all right, you have a relationship between a first line and the last line. Then you have a relationship like this, and it's like this, etc. Alright? So, you're going in that order. So, in essence, this, okay, band together these peoples, be broken, attention, all the distant lands, prepare for the war, or be broken, prepare for the war, and be broken. Alright? What does that relate to? What's going to happen? Here, look at the judgment down here. It's not specific to who it is for. It's basically everybody. It's a, it's a judgment on all... Well, this is ultimate judgment on God's people. Okay, all of God's people. But you start out here with none of them are paying attention to God, which we all know internationally none of them are paying attention to God. All right? So these two go together. So now I want you to look at this. Devise a plan. It will fail. Make a prediction. It will not happen. For God is with us. Which is to who? To Judah, right? So, if I take this, I'm just going to move it over like that, okay? And I'm going to take this guy because... We'll see if we go through here, okay? So, I'm just going to do this sort of like this, all right? And then, for this is what the Lord said to Isaiah... So now watch how this relates. You're going to see the relationship now. Isaiah goes like this. And then this. Notice how this was written to Isaiah? Okay. So we start getting a structure here. Are you guys following so far? Isaiah, Isaiah? Now, do not call everything a conspiracy that is a conspiracy. Alright, who's he talking to? He's talking to Judah. Alright. But and but for the two houses, 
okay, of his rope, they will stumble. Many will stumble. All right. I'm going to do this. Okay. So, when you think of a chiasm, there's always a middle point. Yep. And I want you to look at what the middle point is. Ta-da. Okay. Because here is the choice that's given. Now, here's what I want you to look at. This is given to Isaiah here, right? So this is sort of like what's going to happen to all the nation, to everybody, the judgment. But I want you to specifically look at here. This is given to Isaiah. This is Isaiah talking, all right? So we know who that is, Isaiah and his disciples. But within that, we have Judah, all right? Mm-hmm. And what is what's happening here? So if Judah do not call everything a conspiracy, that the people say conspiracy, do not fear what they fear, do not be terrified. That is the command. So they're preaching. Isaiah is preaching this to all of Judah. Okay, Judah is God's people. Okay, I want to be really clear about this. This would be like someone preaching to all Christians today. All right. This is like saying, this is all people who believe in God. These are God's people, Judah. And Judah's always going to look at that way as God's people. All right? Do not call a conspiracy what, you know, what come, do not fear what they fear. And what happens if you do? But then that all of Israel will be a stone and a stumble over the rock and trip and trap and a snare and inhabitants, etc. You see the judgment up here. Okay, so what you have is all of basically Judah is God's people. But within God's people, (laughs) you have this. This is your remnant. Okay, so your remnant is not necessarily, it can't be, your remnant is not what is left. Like, it's not like, okay, all these people died as what's left, it can't be. Here, the remnant are the people within God's people who are actually truly faithful to God. And he's trying to call that out and try to say, who is it among all my people who claim me as Yahweh? Who is the one that are really my people who trust me? Okay, they are not the ones who called everything a conspiracy and look at everything that's going on in the world and talking about how this is happening and that's happening and you know I talked about Germany you know it's like oh my gosh you know Hitler's going to do this or whatever we want to say their focus is not on what's going on around the world their focus is right there alright only he should be feared only he should be held in awe only he will be the sanctuary. But I can't yeah. help it. But what I picked yeah. up out of okay. this was and and be broken, uh-huh. which means to like prostrate yourself, like fall down before God, and then I I'm pick not, it up here. Yeah, I'm not, is that what that means? Uh-huh. I'm not sure. Okay, and then it's broken this, again. Same word. Here, yeah. And so we kind of go. Will some of them trip and be broken and come to realize what they've done? Yeah, you know, I don't. I hear like futility in that. Be broken, like yeah, that's what I try what too. you want. It will fail. Yeah, it will fail. Yeah, okay. 
And notice how it's reported. Notice how it's specifically said twice. This is very interesting. I know. Because it's about prepare for war. What's going to happen if you guys go to war? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. going to fail. Yeah. Okay. You're going to fail. All right. What's the ultimate? What ultimately happens to all this is the judgment that's down here. Okay. They make plans. The plans. How do they make the plans? Watch this. Look at it. Devise a plan. Make predictions. Notice, see how that fits in with how are they doing it? Who are they going to to make all those predictions? <laughs> they're consulting mediums and they're consulting other gods and they're consulting Medium, all these times. Whatever it may be, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And the hard one is, is this right here. It's because they're saying, ultimately, this, this is what Judah's doing. All, this is what God's people are doing. They're saying, this is a conspiracy. This is going against this, and everything's focused on what's happening where? In the world. That's what Ahaz, remember how all the people shook? It was not just Ahaz, but all the people shook. They're all in fear. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? And what does God say? Trust in me. And so ultimately, who is the remnant here? The remnant are actually a portion of who's really listening to Isaiah. Who really listened to him during that day? And I'm assuming there are. You all obviously know already that the, he has his disciples that are listening to that. Yeah. But who are going to be the ones that make the decision to say, I'm not going to just call God God in name only. I'm going to be the one who actually right. regards him as who he really is and trust in the fact that he does not... I, the only person I should fear... The only person I should hold in awe is him. And when I do, he is my sanctuary. He's my peace. He's the one that brings, he's the one that gives me that confidence. I don't need to focus on all the things that are all happening. And we see this whole prophecy going on here. What are the people doing? They're focusing on, oh my gosh, what's happening in the world? This is going to happen. We're going to be destroyed. War is going on. But God comes and says... Don't fear. You're my people. You've touched on it a couple of times, but throughout this, it's made very, very clear, including the name of Isaiah's first son. Uh huh. A re- not not a remnant shall remain. Uh huh. A remnant shall return. Mm-hmm. That that is there for a reason, mm-hmm. and throughout, it is made very clear that the remnant choose to be the remnant. And you have to make that choice. Excellent, Jason. Over and over and over and again. This this is, is one and this is the choice we make. That's are we right. going to do this? Yeah. So, so our or are we going to do this? Yeah. Who do we want to be? <laughs> right. That's exactly what the question is. And the irony here is this is addressed to God's people. All those who profess Christ today, all those who I would say in today's world... All these Christians out there, who are we? Each of us, Jason, me, Bruce, you know, all of us here, we get to constantly make this choice. Are we going to get caught up in the world and caught up and fearful with everything going on in the world? Or are we going to put our faith in God? And are we going to be the ones that have the testimony bound? Are we choosing to be the disciples? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, but like, Performing miracles and stuff sounds way cooler than going to war. Nothing new under the sun. 
Yeah. Look at you go. This is human nature on this place. It, it, it <laughs> is. Totally. Right? Everything here. And then, like, this remnant that responds in complete opposition to human nature, right? It's. I, I love that verse that we read earlier, 7 9, where it says, If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Yeah. And that's that's it that right here. Right. Yeah. To be firm in faith. Right? And like, trust. And, and so this is, is sort of like, this is Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, ultimately, okay, is you just read along and all these people are deaf, blind, here, they can't even hear God's word. But some are hearing, and they're turning, they're being healed. And they're saying, I'm going to not put my faith in what goes on in the world. I'm going to put my faith only in God. And that bottom broken is different from the top broken. Top broken. Is it? Did you, okay. I never looked at that. Prostrate yourself, and the bottom broken is like crushed. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, I never looked at that. It's good. I love so how you guys are doing. I love JC. You guys are you know study this stuff and look at it. It's great. And you're, and you're also recognizing, right? That again, for for, for me when I'm reading this, it, it's like I can't just read it in the context of the time because what you're seeing clearly again is yeah. the way God speaks which is not that of a singularity it's it's past, present, future depending right. where you are on that linear timeline it's, the, the, it's applicable, right? and so now we're, we're in what was the future right. and we're able to look at it in the, it's so cool so you can't not see that and this references Bind up the testimony, seal the instruction among my disciples. Isaiah was the voice at that point. Then it became Christ. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, go I, I just, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, going to that, you said, like, I agree, because if, if it's only just, like, referring to that time, then this is just, like, a historical document. Like, right. it's, a, it's a waste of God's time to give this to us just to study some random historical event. Right. And I, that's why I just had you hold off, just because right. what you're saying is true. I just wanted to get the context. I, just to go back, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. All the way back to the very beginning, Genesis 2 and 3. Genesis 3. Okay, Genesis 2, what did God do? He gave a command to Adam. He said, I'm giving you all this, trust me, this is what you are to do. Okay, what was the very first conspiracy? The very first conspiracy was Satan, the serpent, coming along. And the conspiracy was what? Between the woman between the woman and the serpent, they conspired to ultimately say God's word is not trustworthy. He is not trustworthy. All right. And you know where was the man through all this? Silence. Listen. He was along with it. I don't think that was a good silence. (laughs) (laughs) So this this pattern right here, this is every day of our lives. This has been going on since humans humans and human nature. This has been going on since then entered the world. This exact constant thing. Am I gonna put and that's why I think my challenge I look at this, I don't know if I was telling you guys when I was telling Jeff or something one time. I mean, just like two weeks ago, I was watching myself get angry. Yeah. And get angry and to the point where I don't very, I rarely, to be blunt, I really, my wife doesn't like me. <laughs> let me get away with anything. So, if, and I was starting to just get like angry at her. And I just all of a sudden, just like I felt like 
God hit me in the face and just and I recognize I go I'm getting so angry because I'm angry about all the stuff going with COVID I'm angry about whatever and I'm like I saw me let it out on her and God just like slapped me in my face and said God because I was watching it build over like two weeks I think I was playing Jeff just watching it build in me and I'm just I didn't even catch it enough and I'm like wow and so I mean when I went to bed that I said honey I'm I you know, asked for forgiveness and I'm sorry, God, I'm recognizing. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this. And it's just, I mean, that's, we were talking about like the Tuesday night. I mean, I'm going to just say it to you guys again. I don't, I never get a chance. I, I may get a chance all the time. That's well, what I love about Congratulations for recognizing a slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's what I, I would not survive without you guys. Because it forces me to do what I just did here. To go, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what I love about what we do. That's why we get together is not to get a bunch of head knowledge, just to say, are we this or are we this? That's right. Where are we at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get to see what happens when we do this, then all these other things start flowing up and pretty soon we experience that. Yeah. I had uh, last week, you know, we all know everything that's been going on in the world. And I was really getting caught up in it. Just, just mm-hmm. my heart so was broken, yeah. you know, over what was going on. And I saw a tweet uh, that came through from uh, Greg Glory, mm. and all he said was, "God is in control." Yeah. And it's all I need. That's it. It just kind of like, line. oh wait a minute. Yeah. It's, it's the aha moment. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. God knows this is all good. This isn't His plan. Yeah. He's allowing all this stuff to happen. Of course. We don't know why, but it's part of what's going on. Part of the master plan. And we plan. don't need to worry about it because mm-hmm. God's in control. Yeah. And I shared that with with my wife later on in the evening, and she felt a sense of calm mm-hmm. when I just like, hey, I'm God's in control, yeah. and this is this is awesome. You'll see that, um, that was really good. you see, um, I think it says it, is it here? Um, no, it's down here. Oh, yeah, it's just interesting here because look at what it says. It says um, so, go, <laughs> I mean, when you're starting to feel like you're not here, mm-hmm. and you basically Greg Laurie just did this for you. When you're not here... That's what I love about doing too. Because it forces me to do what? Go to God's instruction and testimony. What is that? The Word of God. Why do we stay in the Word? Go to it. Okay. If they do not speak according to this Word, there will be no dawn for them. Who's the dawn? What is the dawn? Well, the dawn is basically you're going to get destroyed. There's no. You're not going to have a sunrise. You're not going to wake up. (laughs) No, no, no. The dawn is Christ. Well, you could definitely look at him as being that because no, he's one of the great No, that is definitively what it is calling for right there because there will be a day, Christ says it, yeah, there will be a day when we will all be in the dark and if you don't have me, you will have no light. It's not a mistake reference, for sure. <laughs> well, but there is nothing. We, I mean, remember when I showed you that diagram, right? Early on in Isaiah with all of these connections. So... Without a doubt. I mean, all these things connect to Christ. They connect to us. They connect all the way back to Genesis. I mean, this is our faith right here, is 
Where do we have that? We go to we go to the Word, and when we go to the Word, what should be the result of that? We're not focusing on what's going on in the world. We're focusing on Him because He's going to just keep saying what Craig Laurie said to you, right? God is. It sounds so simple. God is in control. But do we really believe that? And when we believe it, that is the remnant. Okay. But you know, it's sort of like what you were bringing out. It's last week. It's like it's like what happened to Ahaz. We can so easily get arrogant and think, "Oh my gosh, we know what God's doing." And as soon as we start getting that way, we're back up into here. <laughs> okay. We don't know what God. We just put our faith in Him. Stay in the Word. Put our faith in Him. Live that way. Um, it is important to listen to the Word of the Lord when you hear it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, <laughs> because that's what he did. Because That's they could did, right? have literally just listened to Isaiah and been like, "All right, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Let's do exactly what the Lord says." Yeah. And then it would have worked out well. Yeah. Whoa, that was right a So that's always an option. Yeah. God still speaks. God still speaks today. Yeah. 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 Right. Of course. Yeah. There was word yeah. and directed to us. Yeah. Well, and I see him doing that like when I, I keep talking to Jason, but that's what he's doing. He's, you're reading this and you're going, oh my gosh, I think of Christ. I don't think of Christ. Well, I know. You, you're because all of a sudden, this, that book, 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 right. like 20 different passages of the Bible could pop into my head and I rip through it and go, whoa. My version... My version of the King James says the light instead of the God. Oh, this there's is the light. The light. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, but, well, Jesus, but when the Christ the says who he is, he uses the light. And who is Christ? The bright and morning Christ, star. Yeah, yeah, and Christ is the word. Yeah. What is this? That's the word. Right. Speak. Right. <laughs> I know all of it. In it, be in it. And by the way, you're going to be able to decipher who is a disciple very easily. Who to listen to, who not to listen to. If you're not willing to openly speak that word, I probably don't have much time for you. Because you're probably caught up in the rest of this nonsense. Which is, again, where you should be going is not to the the spiritists and all that. Where you should be going? Going to God's instruction. Don't don't turn on the news and hope you're going to get some right information. That's exactly (laughs) right. Get the news. What my doctor said. Really? Yeah. Right. Ultimately, well, it's what it's what he said. Well, ultimately, it's what he said. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, well let's we'll see. Have Steve close us. Now, first, first John chapter five. This morning, my wife and I were reading. Five five says, "Who who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God?" Did I who is that that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And, yes. and this is That's how you right. By believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus. We Yeah. And next week, more for unto us a child is born. We get yes. the direct prophecy right. of Jesus next week. Yes. After ultimately you da- you end you end here, right? thinking is there any hope and then you get that hope in Christ yeah verse 12 says whoever has the son has life whoever does not have the son of God does not have does life, not have life. It's pretty they have no dawn <laughs> there's no dawn there's no light yeah. in the morning alright thank you guys you, do you want to close Steve
Father God, we just praise you and thank you for uh, this group of guys, and we thank you for great Lord that uh, he keeps bringing these things forward to us. And thank you for blessing us with Greg, and thank you for blessing us with one another, Lord, uh, that, that we can be your disciples, Lord, and be followers of you. We pray blessings over everything we put our hands to uh, from this day forward and forevermore. Let us be followers of Christ and listen to the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.